0: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fertile Feminist, it's yours truly, Sam Wilde, bringing you some rich, fertile material in that feminist vein. That's the vein of liberation, human liberation. we got a big project on our hands, don't we? (laughs) It's It's a mess out there, friends. It's a mess out there, and a lot of times it's a mess in here on the inside. And this episode is about mothers and mothering, but it's going to be a little bit different than some of the other ones I've done, or in some ways a lot different because i want to talk about a critical oversight and i'm going to share the story about something i saw from a feminist theologian a couple weeks ago on instagram but before i even get there just thank you for listening don't forget to follow if you haven't followed it is important for how these algorithms work this kind of thing so make sure that you follow and make sure that you share this one you know really begins for me in my my time of being a new mother i had maybe one maybe two children when i found a book that was called what do you do all day and it was a fantastic book it really affirmed for me that i was doing something because 95% of what i was doing seemed to be invisible and it wasn't just invisible because i was a stay-at-home mother doing it in my house and nobody was watching It was invisible because it didn't have any worth or value or commodity on the open market in our capitalistic society. And that book wasn't a bestseller. And that book also was very specific to the early time of motherhood. But what has borne out over time is the truth, and now I have much older children, that motherhood is invisible. And the problem with invisible motherhood is that it kills us, and it kills the planet. Welcome to the only podcast that will bring you more alive while you smash the patriarchy. Join me, Sam Wilde, aka The Fertile Feminist, every week as we shift the paradigm, reclaim our native fertility, and create together the version of ourselves that brings forth our heart's desires and changes the world. You can come back with me now to a couple weeks ago when I was scrolling through Instagram and I have, you know, whatever, we all choose our feed, so I have lots of great things on my feed, the things I want to see and I follow a couple feminist theologians and a lot of times I like the things they're putting out. But one of them, what she said, just was really like a little thorn, like a prick that stayed with me day after day after day. And what she said was, I don't use the term mother for God, Mother God, because if I use the term mother for God, and, and you know what, stay with me here, because even if God isn't a word you use, I think you're going to see why this is so important in just a moment. Okay, so she's saying, I, she's a theologian, so she's saying, I don't use the mother word Mother God. If I did, it would be just the same as everybody who uses the term Father God. And God is not a person, so there's no reason that we should use Mother, just like there's no reason we should use Father. So the antidote for Father God is to do something better, more amorphous, more general, universe, mystery, all that is, so on, and so forth. Now, she's, she's somebody who has a large, much larger following than me. She's doing a lot of good and important work. And I was just struck by that announcement And to me, it felt like a revelation of where that particular person stands. But it's also emblematic of where we all are, even those who have a progressive spirituality, even those who feel they're actively working for the good of the world and all creation. So let's break this down because this problem is huge. And until those hearts and minds, like this progressive theologian, get changed, we're not going to have real progress. Number one, of course, God isn't a person, a mother or a father or a human being or anything like that. That goes without saying. And all the language that we use will always be insufficient. It will never be able to capture the totality all language can't just like our language for love can't actually capture the feeling anything that you know and have felt deeply you could never actually put into words that's why we make art friends that's why we sit and watch sunrises that's why we do our best to be felt somatic people because everything is a sensory experience words are insufficient that goes without saying number two <sighs> <laughs> think with me for a minute about a why we say black lives matter. To me, her argument was exactly the same, exactly the same philosophically as people, will, as people who say, I'm not going to say black lives matter because all lives matter. Why do we say black lives matter? Well, you could say to me, you know, all people are just people. Color doesn't matter, Right. We're all just people. Why do we say Black Lives Matter? Because the lives of Black people are treated differently. They're valued less. And there's actual evidence constantly supporting that. As somebody described it, it's a house on fire for Black people. And it's triage. You don't say all lives matter when all the other houses are standing and only the Black house is on fire. You say black lives matter. You put out that fire and you save those people. None of the other houses are burning down. To me, it felt so much the same to say, no, we can't use the term other God. Let's just say all God, God of everything, universe, mystery, all that is. We can't use that term. We'll be then just as bad as them. Can you see that parallel logic? When the truth is, the house that's on fire is the mother's house. And it's been on fire for thousands of years. The effects of the patriarchy are like the food in the back of your refrigerator. It stinks. It's moldy. It's disgusting. It's been there for so long and it's destroying everything else that's in the refrigerator. We think about, we're willing to think about and use the term mother God or think about a feminine expression of the divine. Let's say you don't use the word God. That's totally fine. But to think of of the feminine expression of the luminous, the mother expression of all that is, is the antidote because mother's house is on fire, the women's house is on fire. So tell me why you look out. You know, the reason we know that Black Lives Matter and why we have to say it is because we, we can constantly see evidence that they are not being treated as if they are valuable lives. Do the same for women. Do the same in specific for mothers. How do we know that we need Mother Divine, Mother God, because mothers are not treated as having any divinity. Mothers have no choice in their motherhood. We have in this country enslaved motherhood. Women are criminalized for having an abortion. Men are not criminalized for impregnating women. That's why we say, Mother God, that's why we use mother for that form, because we're doing triage here, my friends. Now think about the fact that a really important, really sophisticated, really intelligent feminist theologian can't get that concept. Why? That's because the poison of patriarchy, the sea that we swim in, gulp, 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 little fishes drank the water that's all around them. That's all they can do. And until we purposefully, consciously, collectively awaken ourselves, it's going to keep happening. One of the things that's so interesting to me in the work I've been doing with The Fertile Feminist and in the work I've been doing with The Sacred Order of the Great Mother is that people who have been involved with those two things are, are actually looking around and having new understandings about the world around them and about their own suffering. So they're actually able to look around and go, oh, you know, I thought it was just me. Uh, I thought I was the one with the problem, but I actually look around at this system that I'm in. And when I understand that, what does it change for us? It changes so much fundamentally because the propaganda for progressive spiritual women is all about self-care, that the self-care can heal you. Uh, self-care is fantastic. I'm Nothing against self-care, but the system has to be healed. And the only way the system gets healed is when we open our eyes and have real clarity look around what is the value of mother what is the value of mother now if you are a mother you have some sense of what your own value is when you are in and operating in that role and that identity some people might consider me a super mother because I have a many children more than the average twice as many as the average going on twi- two and a half times as many as the average The work that I have done as a mother is my invisible labor. It has no recognition. It gets no accolades. It has resulted in no money. It's not resulted in financial freedom. And for both my children, my ex-spouse with whom I have four children, it has the status of nothingness. (laughs) And that feminist theologian is asking us to keep seeing it as nothingness. I refuse to do that. For me, the work of sharing the Great Mother archetype, think of this archetype, embodying the Great Mother archetype, teaching about the Great Mother archetype, is so that individuals, both women and men, and all people, however they identify, can claim that for themselves can put inside of their heart and mind this embodiment as an elevated principle, not as the one that you're crushing underneath your feet, not as the one that you refuse to see. That refusal to see brings us to a place where women are, in fact, doing 80% of the housework in mothering, and 80% of the mothering, for that matter, and yet are demeaned are pressed down in the workforce. You know, another good example I've given many times before is the fact that we don't have any maternity leave. So if that feminist theologian was right and all we needed to do was go to this wide open concept of divinity, which by the way, most progressive and new age people have for quite a long time, that somehow would have healed this wound. It would have shifted or changed it, but it hasn't. It has not. Because the house that's on fire is the one that needs the attention. It needs the water. It needs it needs to be rescued. It needs to be saved. We have to save the image of the great mother archetype. It, it cannot be just a classical Jungian concept, something we might encounter if we're working with mythology or psychology, something that only very few people have. you. On the inside of you, want and need to have that archetype residing in your heart and your mind as an elevated principle, significant and broad and golden, like a shining golden Buddha, right, sitting there. And I think that critical piece that's missing stems out of our own sense of what's just or unjust so when i think about this feminist theologian i don't think she's trying to do anything terrible but i think for her there's this sense that i don't want to be just like them you know i don't want to be prejudiced i don't want to be pressing down the other sex i'm not like that i'm open-minded so the divine for me god for me all that it will be all that is I will use the gender-neutral terms. And in using the general neutral terms, uh, I will be broad-minded. And that is the antidote that we need. I think there's a good origin. And if you think about that for yourself, that's probably true. We, we don't, our desire is not to press down actual male human beings. I'm the mother of two sons. That's not my goal in life. It's not even my side goal, but to elevate them also, to restore to them also the great mother archetype who dwells inside of them, right? This is not just a, I have a uterus project. This is a project that belongs to all people because no person has their full humanity when we're divided and separated in that way, just in the same way that no person has their full humanity when we're devaluing black people. It's not possible. Human liberation, earth and creation liberation, is the only goal. And when we get our sense of our connectivity or unity with one another, all of our projects that work for our own freedom are truly working for the freedom of others. And all of our projects that are working for the freedom of others are working for our own personal freedom. So it's not really that I couldn't, in a moment of compassion and understanding, see where this person was coming from. But it pained my heart just because of the status she has and and the reach she has and to think about all the people who are reading that message and agreeing with her and saying, yes, yes, it can't be Mother God. No, no, that's not the solution. Why? What happens to us? What comes up for us? All of us are responsible, right? What happens inside of me? when I elevate that concept of mother or mothering. What we understand is that that archetype has been made invisible, invisible. So unseen, unvalued, and made to be unreal. To skip over her to that place of the all that is, is to continue to keep her invisible, unseen, and an unfelt and an unreal reality. On the ground, what that means for mothers is more of the same invisibility. You know, in a lot of ways, my own mothering has brought me deep satisfaction, and that has been a practice of sufficiency. Is it enough for me? That I feel good about it, whether my, my children, who are now some are teenagers, so they're mostly thankless people um, who think their father's the best thing in the world and I did everything wrong. Um, sometimes, obviously not all the time, you know, but that, that does happen to teenagers in the face of that to say, well, I know I did good. I know I did right. I know all those hours, those days, the sacrifices, they were all worth it. So in some ways we can do that kind of thing. But the problem with that project is that the patriarchy has only one model of mothering. And that is of the self-sacrificing mother. That is the Virgin Mary model. And thank God the Virgin Mary, you know, thank God we have any example of divine feminine. But it's like having a uh, lobotomized version a half version, it's so deeply incomplete. The patriarchal example of the mother that we're given is that self-sacrificing mother. She has the child of the Holy Spirit. This is in the Christian tradition that permeates the United States culture. She has this baby and uh, she does it for God and she loses that child in, in, in his 30s. She doesn't even play a very dominant role in in many of the stories coming out of that Christian tradition. And there she is. There's your role model, mommies. <laughs> so to be self-sacrificing, we make peace with it because it helps us think, okay, what I've done is worthwhile and valuable. This is a noble quality and a noble virtue, right? And I certainly have done that too. But that's not a sufficient response to the truth and the reality of mothering, which is a holy, profound, and essential embodiment of the expression of the divine, all it is. There you go. I did a nice, big, broad interpretation. You, a mother, expresses the fecundity of life. She brings forth life. She is an exact reflection of the great I am in the bringing forth of life. Who else does that? We know that men participate for a couple of seconds in the creation of life. It is such a profound thing. Whether a woman keeps her baby or doesn't keep her baby is a profound thing those who are in the operating orders of everyday life, raising children, especially in this cultural moment in time, the difficulties, the challenges, the sorrows get compounded. The proper order of things is that the mother is elevated. she is understood and seen for who she is. We do that on an archetypal level. We do that in our collective consciousness. And that allows everything to change. So in that imaginary world, where the mother is elevated, the archetype of the mother is elevated, there is maternity care. Right? There is postpartum care. There is maternity leave. There are laws that uphold the rights of mothers there's an understanding of the sanctity of life there's an understanding of the holiness of the work and there's an understanding of the visibility of the work so if you are a mother I want you to consider just for a moment the cost of having your work be invisible. Now, perhaps your spouse appreciates it or grandparents or people in your community. I'm not saying that nobody ever notices. So we don't need to go to extremes. But just to truly hold that, hmm, what has the cost been to me of that invisibility? And to sit with that for a lot of people is uh, is difficult. It can bring up anger, frustration, or grief and so on. But when we can really own that, that can bring us to the place that perhaps that feminist theologian hasn't gone of saying, I can see the value, whether I use the term God or not, I can see the value of saying Mother God. I can see the importance of putting out the house that's on fire, even though, even though God is all, and God is greater, and God is not human, and God cannot be encapsulated in any language. I can understand what it would do culturally, politically, socially, and personally to have a concept of mother as elevated, as higher power, as significant, symbolic, and embodied divinity. I think that the crisis that we're in with the climate is isn't always linked to this gross oversight in i mean obviously it's just a lot of people don't care but for the people who do care we can't leave this part out i think we are not just rational scientific people we know that we are people who live on many other planes and to bring up the symbolic, to bring up the archetypal, to bring up the unconscious and the subconscious is essential for our progress moving forward. So, healing the earth, healing and working in harmony with the gifts we've been given, using our resources wisely, protecting, and so forth, those things can't just come from the scientific or rational mind. Do you know? They can't just come from there because that isn't going, that isn't speaking to the totality of our being. And to change our ways, we're going to need a lot, aren't we? Even those of us who feel like we're living pretty lightly on the planet. To change our ways, we can't just have scientific, rational mind pulling us forward. We need that fire in our soul. So I propose this real movement towards the visibility of Divine Mother, towards the visibility of Mother God, the visibility of the Great Mother archetype. I don't think it's so important which specific words we use there, God or Divine or all that is, but it is of paramount importance that we use the Mother and restore the Mother. I think it is going to be the critical piece of the saving that we need to do, the healing, the restitution the restoration. Sit with that for a moment, if you'd be so willing, and sit with your own experience of mother and mothering, and that invisibility, that invisibility cloak that we put on inside of our mothering. And imagine what it would be like to have it be seen. Just close your eyes and imagine what it would be like to have all your mothering or to live in a culture, let's say, you're not doing a lot of mothering, you haven't done a lot of mothering, but to live in a whole culture where all that mothering is seen. It's not judged. It's not whether that kid turned out exactly the way you wanted, but the work, the effort, the labor, the love, the sacrifice, the giving, the competency is seen, absolutely seen and elevated. Imagine that. Let's go in that direction, my fertile feminist friends. That's the direction of life for us and for our whole creation. And that's what's on my heart this morning. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for following. Thanks for being there on this path with me. I hope that you have a really beautiful day. And until next week when I'm back with another episode, I hope you have a really beautiful week. Thanks for listening in. This is me, Sam Wild, aka The Fertile Feminist, and you've been listening to The Fertile Feminist podcast. Find me on YouTube at the Samantha Wild aka The Fertile Feminist, and hit the website, thesamanthawild.com for all kinds of resources, inspirations, and ideas. Also on Instagram, at The Fertile Feminist. Until next week, may you tap into that native abundance, creativity, fruitfulness, and life force that's going to help us all bring about that more beautiful world that we know is possible.